Testing. All good. <laughs> Where do you start? I guess, as I say, always at the beginning. Um, the amazing thing for us all here this morning, we're here by God's grace. And I'm sure everyone's got a testimony. Everyone's got um, a personal relationship with the Lord. I, I pray that you all have. I guess counting down to Christ for me, our lives is measured in units of time. Throughout our life, we have a journey, counting down to a goal achievement or the end of a challenging situation or end of some sort of conflict. Maybe you're still walking towards. Our daily journey, my particular um, journey, I used to drift through life. It wasn't very pleasant. Um, I had a major drinking problem. My father was an alcoholic and he was quite violent with it too. And so my upbringing wasn't the best. Um, in fact, my, my father was a very religious man, believe it or not. Um, and the tragic is that he never really knew the Lord as his personal saviour. Until the day I personally received Jesus Christ as my Lord, and Saviour, that was over 50 years ago. And um, open-air campaigners, I don't know if you remember those, um, they used to stand in the street. And I remember this guy had a track and uh, he showed it to me and really uh, I wasn't interested, but to get him off my back, I just took it. Because <laughs> I was waiting for Maureen uh, to pick her up from uh, work. But the amazing thing is, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and uh, here I am, I stand at the door of my heart. You know, the interesting thing is with the Lord is he loves us unconditionally. He never puts a condition. And so often we feel as though we've got to work our way to heaven or perhaps we never measure up. But the Lord says, come, now is the time. I can remember I got involved in open-air campaigners quite involved for eight years. And what really struck me was as a young man listening to us in Christchurch uh, up in the square. And uh, when I spoke to him and challenged him, he said, I've got too much life to live first. He said, I want to go overseas. He said, I want to um, finish my training. He said, I've got it all really mapped out. So he said, perhaps later on, maybe years down the track, I will have a look at it. And we heard a couple of days, or a couple of weeks later, um, he got run over and, and he died. And it always stuck in my mind, you know, now is the time. So often we always put off for another day, but now is the time. From here on, all I can tell you is, I'm telling you exactly how it was for me. Um, it's so easy to add or take, but... As before the Lord, this is exactly how it all happened. And so um, I, was, I had a dream and I was, I was walking on a path and I stopped as I looked down at my feet. 
I saw thorns and brambles wrapping themselves around me. I couldn't move. There was also a young boy looking up at me, and I said to him, I can't imagine what it must be like for Jesus to have a crown of thorns around his head. Then I heard footsteps behind me. I couldn't see who it was, but I heard the sound of brambles and thorns being cut away and setting me through. I walked forward, and I saw a city of many buildings. I didn't know at the time, but the Lord was preparing me. Um, I, di I just didn't know. And um, after the dream, within a few few days, uh, I was having my quiet time with God. And Psalm 23 and Ephesians 6 kept on coming through. And it, the first thing comes through, though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you will fear no evil. And it kept on coming through. In Ephesians 6, which talks in uh, verse 11, put on the whole armour of God. The beautiful thing is that so often we feel as though we've got to put it on daily. Me personally, it's there 24-7. <laughs> you know, once it's there, it's there. But it's good to be reminded daily of what the Lord's given us. And when you go through, I mean, it's incredible. The armour is, is perfect. And the thing is that if Robbie couldn't give me his armour and I couldn't give him mine because it's tailor-made. And so often we think it's made in China. No, it's not. <laughs> it's made in heaven. <laughs> and it's pure and it's, and it's tailor-made for us. And uh, I know without the armour of God, I wouldn't be standing here before you now. Just a normal day last year. Warren um, and I were just in Countdown in Newland, Auckland. Um, then I heard a woman cry out loud, so I went to check if she needed help. I just, uh, I left the trolley as you do, as men do. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to see where um, the cry was coming from. I walked in the direction of the cry. I was shocked to see a young lady on the floor. She was next to uh, an older man also lying on the floor. My first impression was that each of them has actually collided at the end of the arm. So if you see far down, that's exactly what it looked like. I also saw another man bending over her, probably in his 30s. Again, I assumed that he was helping this lady after they fell. I thought, oh, great, he's helping her up. And everything changed. All of a sudden, I was looking, thinking what I could do to help. I saw something as I looked closer. I saw a long, sharp knife being pulled out of the woman's stomach. And it was like slow motion. The whole, like I was walking there, I thought, oh, there's this man helping her. Never even crossed my mind. And then I saw the knife being pulled out. It's 
Maura and I had the privilege to meet most of the survivors. Uh, we were invited to the mosque and, um, yeah, uh, they're still going through a tremendous, even a year down the track, they're still struggling to come to the terms of what actually happened. For a moment, I was in that fight, flight or freeze response that we all go through a dangerous situation. It's interesting there, I mean, part of my background is that I'm a social worker and a counsellor. And part of my social work was I used to work with, with um, mandated court-ordered men. I worked with over 2,000 men. And they were mostly with uh, gangs. So it's, it used to be quite an intense sort of uh, job I had. And uh, so all my training went out the window. Um, you, you'd think I would have done this, that, 
that, but in reality is. Um, my first re response was, where's Maureen? Even a year down the track, I still can't, you know, I mean, God's grace is just unbelievable. I did everything wrong. I, for the life of me, I didn't think he saw me. If I thought he saw me, I wouldn't have turned around. I mean, I did everything wrong. The Lord did everything right. From this time on, everything was just amazing. As I turned around to look for mine, I walked in the opposite direction. I turned my back on the man, unaware that he'd seen me. It's just, I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> I sensed that the attacker was behind me. I turned to see he was there. And yeah, I was just walking. And obviously, the Lord, and I turned around, and there he was with the knife. And he was coming for that. Um, he was a stocky, well, well built man. And I definitely realised I was the next victim. Uh, and this is where the shield of uh, God comes in. And uh, you can't express, you know, we, we sit here and we swear. Without God, where would we be today? I mean, all of us sitting here. And, and for folk who don't know the Lord, you know, now's the time. Now's the time. Don't leave it till it's too late. Within seconds, I could feel I was being guided for the escape plan. And this is so true. Um, for the last 20 seconds, I can't really explain fully, but I'll certainly try. Just then, I was guided to uh, look to the left. I saw two double doors, but I was not going to run in that direction until I'd found more. Uh, these doors here, I've done a, if you've been in countdown, it's where the um, uh, international food is. Um, it's a storeroom. Now, those doors are just swinging, swinging doors. Um, we were certainly, be, certainly being detected. As I was looking for her, to my surprise and relief, I was just appeared at the end of the yard. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I was just standing, standing there, and there's Maureen just coming out of the yard. And she had two pot plants, or two whatever, in her hand. I immediately had an inner peace. I knew that we were being protected. And I can honestly stand before you now. There was no fear. There was no fear whatsoever. I called to Maureen. I said, quick, he has a knife. Maureen directly responded to me, even though she had no idea what was going on. If anyone knows Maureen, she would have said, she would <laughs> Incredible thing about all this is, Moy never even saw him. Now he was tripping behind me, he was a stocking, you know. She never even saw him. What else could have happened? Well, Moy could have seen her. She could have uh, come up behind him, walking through a different aisle or the path of the attacker, or she could have asked, Who's Who's got a knife? And this moment of time could have been what well, would have proved absolute faithful. Moya could have reached the spot in five seconds and later the man would have had attacked me. Yet she was there at the perfect place at the perfect time. We're talking split seconds here, we're not talking, you know. 
I had, had such a clear uh, direction. I knew exactly what to do. The Lord had shown me the doors, and all I wanted for Maureen to be safe. And uh, Maureen quickly walked, walked through the doors. I stood behind the doors, holding them against him. Now, these are double doors. <laughs> I mean, if you saw this guy, anyway, there's me behind the doors, these doors that swing. Two specs, no, holding them like that. <laughs> And mine had gone into gone into the storeroom. And this this is an incredible thing here. Uh, even even so, one of the swinging doors, which he opened with great force, and then we were face to face. When I talk about face to face, it was like that. And um, yeah, he um, he had so, so much hate in his eyes, I felt like he was a man possessed. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, there's no other way. And um, he just chanted out loud. Then with a quick force, he thrust the long, sharp knife with all, my, all his force he could muster towards my stomach. I mean, it's all been a miracle all the way through. But... I roared like a lion. I can still remember roaring. I've never, I've never roared. I can't explain it. <laughs> I probably never have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I can't. Words can't ex express, but um, but there's just that great power. I, I roared so loud, even Moya could hear. She might see that a bit loud. And then time stood still. I looked through the perspex window he had gone. I just couldn't believe it. The second there was a storm, then the complete calm. The next voice I heard telling me, you're out of danger now. I was convinced it's on my left. You're out of danger now. <coughs> but then there was a silence, you're out of danger there. I still swear to this day that he was there. And I kept on saying to Maureen in the car, who was that guy? Armour of God, and this is where it all comes. I was then 77 years old. Um, I'm now 30. No, I'm 70. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it. Um, and, and he was 32. He's a well built man. And this is the thing the, the detective told me that had I not reached, had I not reacted in the way that in those last 20 minutes, Warren and I, and the three stormmen, um, at the back of the store, he would have definitely taken the saw down. He would have gone through the fire escape, and goodness knows um, where he would have gone from there. Looking back, if I'd run, he would have chased me. Uh, if I confronted him, well, I wouldn't be talking to you now. Uh, if, if, and it's all by the grace of God. And. The knife just seemed to bounce back. I'm still trying to fully understand this miracle. As you can see, the stocky man, using all his force, stayed in violence, thrust the knife, and that's all I got. There was a massive bruise, of course, afterwards, and I had to go and get hepatitis B and all the others. But apart from that, a miracle. When the detectives came up, wanted our statement and when I was sharing it they really thought I was telling porkies 
you know, they couldn't sort of, until they saw the footage, and then it came back to me. And even then, they agreed it's a miracle. They, they, they couldn't believe that's all I got. Um, and it is by the grace of God there go I. I'm an average senior man. I had a lot of challenges in my life. Satan has always tried to take a stab at me. He really has. There's a lot of things in my background I could tell you, but it's a miracle. All I can keep on it is by the grace of God. There go I. Morning. Um, do I, I mean, I'm, yeah, if, yeah. if my mother would say I'm not mealy mouth, but you want me to speak into the mic? Yes. You, you need that? You can hear me? Yes, I'm, I'm, I have got quite a lot. Can you hear me? And that's okay, good. I'll, I'll keep my voice loud. Um, I think we can all identify the enemies tried to take a pot shot at all of us at some time, you know. As I, I think it was Ray Comfort said, if you're not under attack, you're not on the right track. And I can identify with that. Now, before I share, I think Steve shares a lot about that. I want to share about the Lord. Um, and my testimony is a wee bit different. Um, I read this the other day when I was praying about coming. And this is, I'm reading from Ray Comfort's Evidence Bible, and he's got little bits added in. And this is by Ulysses Grant. Hold fast to the Bible. So as the sheet anchor of your liberty, write its precepts in your heart and practice them in your lives. Hold fast to the Bible as the sheet anchor of your liberties. Write its precepts in your heart and practice them in your lives. Now, I didn't know what a sheet anchor was. Um, but a sheet anchor, seemingly it's a separate anchor in what they call the waste of the ship for in times of real peril, when there's a real storm and when there's real danger, the sheet anchor is an extra anchor. Now, when I read that, I love that. Here's our anchor. This is our sheet anchor. But it's no point reading it when we're in the midst of trouble. We've got to be in the word of God daily. Amen. The word of God daily. It's powerful. And the Holy Spirit will quicken the word when we need it. And we've got to learn to recognize the voice, don't we? Respond to the voice of the Lord and to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't um, really want to talk too much about what's happening. And I'm flicking to John 14. But... Just enough to say, I question everything. And I'm not a very obedient person, which I'm going to tell you a story. So the Lord has really had to work in me, and that's just my failing. So, but when Steve called, I had these, there were two herbs. And in fact, I shouldn't have been there. Um, it was through lockdown. Steve had taken the shopping list, and I'd taken the um, support medication list into the warehouse pharmacy because I have a, a heart that I've had open heart surgery and I had my different things that I needed, my Q10 and my 
you know, immune building stuff. And I had that list. And when we come up, there's a long line outside countdown. And we looked at each other. We forgot the bags. So I said to Steve, and, and I parked at the furthest away at countdown because I needed the walk. We'd been in lockdown and I wanted an extra walk. Mm-hmm. So I said to Steve, stand there. I'll run back to the car and I'll come back with the bags. When I got back with the bags, he was already in. So I thought, right, I'll do my shopping. By that time, he will have finished. I'll take the bags in. And that's what I'd worked out. And when I found him again, I had to go back in the queue. And I got all my stuff. And I went in and I said, right, you got everything? Because I felt bad about both of us being there when there was a big queue out the street. And um, Steve said, just three things. So I ran around. You know, most women know where things are. Got one, got the other. And the last thing was the herbs. Now, when I'm coming towards him, it sounds like Steve called out loud, but he didn't. He was firm, but I could see he was quite calm. And I saw this trolley and I thought, oh, I'll put the herbs. That's my, and I was looking to see if it was my trolley. And that inner voice of the Lord was, just go. Wow. Just go. And so I, I obeyed. And I was, even when he said he has a knife, I had peace. I had the peace of the Lord until the door shut, then panic. I felt trapped. You see, you don't know if it's one person or 10 people. I didn't know if they were at the back. All I knew was someone out there had a knife, but how many were there? And I went down this like a corridor. I heard the Islamic call, which we now know was when the guy opened the door and thrust the knife in. That was his cry to his God. And then Steve, by the spirit of the living God, roared back an answer. And that guy disappeared. After what he did, he disappeared. Now, I get to the end of the row, darkness down one corner, darkness here. There happened to be three Indian men sort of hiding, but I didn't know that at the time they came out later. And my thoughts were, Can someone come in there? Can someone come in there? I need to get out of here. And I turn around to talk to Steve, and he's away down at the doors looking out. And, of course, I got angry. I said, for goodness sake, (laughs) would you follow me out? And he looked up, but he didn't pay any attention. And, you know, when the cry came back, after the Islamic cry, I knew it was Steve's voice. I wasn't concerned. I didn't think he'd been hurt. I didn't know what was going on, of course. But it's like the Holy Spirit takes over and tells you what you need to know. And so when I'm standing there praying and the Lord said, go back down that corridor. And that was where the doors were. And I then thought he had followed me because he was right beside me. We found out later he'd come another way. The Lord had led him. And we were both together at the doors. And these three Indian men came down and I said, oh, we can go out these doors. And they said, no. I said, oh, I think we'll go. And I opened (laughs) one. Steve opened the other and out we went. And then I went to the car. And, you know, Steve was just saying about the Islamic church. They had other meetings. They tried to make amends and they were lovely and gracious. We didn't go to any of them except the last one. And we wanted to meet the other victims because we'd really been praying for them. And 
when the detective spoke to us, you know how sometimes out of your mouth comes something, you think, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. (laughs) But they said, I said, how are the others that were attacked? Because Steve had told me what he'd seen. And they said, two won't make it. And out of my mouth was, yes, they will. We're praying for them. And it was that night I said, oh, because you think, well, if they don't make it, then you're, but that's what the Lord had given me. So we stood in the word and we prayed and we prayed and we probably prayed when we got together in the home group. I can't remember, but that was what the Lord um, gave. And we went to the Islamic church and they were lovely. And I had prayed all day and I'd, I was praying the whole time I was there. And I saw the list on the wall of the prophets. Now, Jesus was there, but we know he's not a prophet. He's a king of kings and lord of lords. And those people were lovely and gracious and apologetic, and they'd made an amazing meal, and yet they weren't saved. Because he who has the son has life. He who has not the son has not life. And that's a fact, and that's a truth. And God's word says it. You know, John 14 says this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus speaking. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That was my dad's favorite verse. My dad became a Christian later on in life, died of stomach cancer. And I'm not going to talk about his testimony. He had an amazing testimony. He was a hard-headed Scotsman. And his name was his name was Thomas. And if he couldn't see it, he didn't believe it. But I tell you what, when God comes in, the Lord just took over. You know. That song we sang about the generational song, is that what it's called, generation? Love it. You see, it means a lot to me. I was born in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and anyone from Britain, you know the terrace houses. You walk out your front door, you're on the street. And from the age of two, I would be allowed, my granny would watch me out the front door and in to the next door, and there was a man in there called Grandad Divine. And Granddad, and that was his name, and he was an old sea captain. And Granddad Divine would take me from the age of two and give me a wee cup of tea, and I'd have a cup of tea with him. And he was an old sea captain who loved the Lord. And I can remember him telling me that when you're in Christ, you're in a boat. But Jesus is the captain. That was me as a child. So God has so blessed me. And This day in particular, the Lord brought to my attention the other day and said, I want you to share it. Uh, My granny said to me, you're not allowed to granddad Divine's house. Now, I would have been about four. And he was living with his 
daughter and a husband, John and Kessie Miles, who have since gone to be with the Lord. And he was living with them. And I wanted to go in. And my granny said, you're not allowed in. Now, I told you, I'm not obedient. I waited till she was busy. The door must have been open because I couldn't have even reached the snib. But I went out and their door was open and I knocked on the door. I was polite. Might not have been obedient, but was polite. (laughs) And Auntie Kessie came to the door and told me off. And that wasn't like her. And she said, I'm going to watch you. You go home. And I went in, and I can remember with my wee dress standing like that in the hall. I didn't want my granny to hear me or see me, and I heard her go back in. And I went back, and I looked in. For anyone knows what the terrace houses are, you've got a, a front door, and you've got a window, and it's into the front parlour, which is never used. It's kept for visitors. Now, this is Belfast, Northern Ireland. When someone dies, they're in the house, and they're in the parlour. And the casket was on a table. And I saw this box. And when I went back to the door, it's open, it's ajar. And I went in. And I went into the parlour and I remember getting a stool. Now, I'd have been about four. And I know that because I turned five on the boat on the way out. So I couldn't have been more than four. And I put the stool down and I stood on it and I looked in the casket This is what I find hard to believe. When I thought about it the other day, I'm in tears. That's how much this man meant to me as a child. Now, I'm four. I'm now 74. And 70 years later, I still have the emotions of this man. But I knew he wasn't there. I didn't cry. Now, whether it was the Holy Spirit or whether Grandad Divine, knowing he wasn't long for the world, prepared my heart. I knew he was, it was empty. I knew that was a shell. The man had gone. I went back in and I never shed a tear. I shed more for tear the other day when I was thinking about him than I would have done it for. That's the power of the Lord our God. And for grandmothers like myself, and we're praying for our grandchildren, we can. The power is in the prayer. It's in the prayer. And God was so good. And I know my granny prayed for me all her life. I want to share this one. I'm actually, there's a scripture the Lord wants me to give, but this was the one he led me to the other day. And it's one we all know. And it's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, another translation that I read years ago, and I don't know what it was, was, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts for good and not for evil, to give you, now what was the end of the word, Lord? To give you a future and a hope. Uh, Yeah, that's what I read. It was different than that. To give you, it was about... Um, future to give you hope for the end of your life. And I can't remember the translation. I should have looked it up. But it was to give you hope after death, hope for when you die. You know, the Bible says without a vision, people perish. Now, I believe that vision is where we're going, where we're going, because otherwise this life will get very hard. 
and we'll feel like giving up. But our, our vision has got to be of Jesus and our destination. And that puts everything that's going on in its right perspective. It really does. And it puts us in perspective. You know, I read years ago, um, probably would have been an Irish saying, I think it sounds Irish to me, but it was <laughs> in this world, we laugh at the things of God and we take ourselves serious. We've got to do the reverse. We've got to learn to laugh at ourselves and take God serious. Amen. That's what life's about. And we all know we're living in times that we are trying to sort out facts and fiction. Mm. We're trying to sort out the truth from the lies and there's lies everywhere. The truth, there's only one place for truth is here. Mm -hmm. And we hear people saying, oh, well, that's my truth. We might as well keep your truth. Because <laughs> if only this is the truth. Yes. I, I haven't got truth. I know that. I know I'm very thick. I, I know I am, and I confess it before the Lord. And I've often, when I'm praying, Lord, please speak to me clearly because I won't get it otherwise. Mm -hmm. I need the Lord to really arrest me. Now, this is what the message the Lord wants me to bring today, and I'll keep it brief. I know we're running out of time, but it's Luke 19, and it says this, when Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, now behold, there was a man, a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he thought to see who Jesus was, but he could not see because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, and he climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must stay at your house. The Lord wants to stay in our lives, to stay in our house, to be present wherever we're going at all times. So he made haste and he came down and he received Jesus joyfully. But when they, the crowd, saw it, they will complain, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Well, aren't I pleased about that? <laughs> then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. That's the repentant heart. When the Lord shows us what we've done, he never condemns. He never says you're going to have to make amends for that mess. He forgives and he restores. But we have to repent. Repentance is part of our, our salvation process. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now we see the ministry of Jesus in Isaiah 64. He gives beauty for ashes. He gives the oil of joy for mourning. 
he gives a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And the reason is that we may be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he will be glorified. And he does that. And then he gives us his ministry and says, I want you to go out. And whatever happens to you, remember mooring all things work together for good. For them that love the Lord, even the good, even the bad accountant, they all work together for good for them that love the Lord and are walking according to his purposes. Now, here comes the message. I am getting to it. <laughs> now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten miners, and said to them, do business till I come. Mm -hmm. Now, I was walking, when I was preparing a message, and it wasn't this message, but I was preparing a message um, to take what happened at Countdown to, um, where do we go? Marlborough, to go to Marlborough. And I normally prepare in the bar, in the in the um, bedroom and I had all my books on the bed and I went to the bathroom and I came back and when I came back the Lord was saying as I'm still walking back occupy till I come and I thought oh I think that's scripture but I didn't know so I googled it if you do <laughs> and it was indeed scripture and it's that scripture do business till I come and some translations say occupy till I come and I love that because to occupy and I love the word that the Lord shared earlier because that's what God's given me to occupy imagine an army now we can see the enemy wants to wants to take Christians out before God's timing we'll be taken out when he's ready Amen. but not before and the Lord is saying occupy till I come stand your ground don't take second best stand your ground you're serving me and that really speaks to me and the opposite of occupy is to be idle or to abandon that's the opposite of occupy I just want to share something brief something brief that the Lord did you know Steve talked about what happened at countdown and what happened a week leading up where he was getting these dreams the week leading up and Steve doesn't normally remember dreams um, but I was sitting on the bed having a quiet time this was the day before it happened and I'm looking out and I sit out there because I can see the hills and I can see the bush but the sun's coming through and I get a vision or a picture and it was me on the sand hills as a wee girl. I could literally feel the warm sand. I could smell the lupins and my parents were sitting to the right of me. And I said to the Lord, you're trying to tell me something here. As I said, I'm a bit slow on the uptake sometimes. You're trying to tell me something. What is it? And the Lord said, the warm sand is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I could feel the warmth. 
And the smell of lupins, the fragrance, is the fragrance of Christ. Now, Maureen, who do you think your parents are? I said, oh, that's you, my heavenly father. And the Lord gave me this. I am the Lord your God, and I'm invincible. Now, look it up. And when the Lord tells me to look up words, I do, because he's trying to get me to look into what he's saying. But I remember laughing and saying, I know what invincible means. And it came back, look it up. And you know, if you look up any word, there's a whole lot of words that come up, a whole lot of meanings. But one hit me, and it was invincible, a power that no other power can overthrow. That's the God we serve, a power that no other God can overthrow. I'm finishing with this, as I'm often the Lord will bring a song to us when we're preparing or reading the word. And that's why the word that was given today was so much off the Lord. This is what God gave me a couple of days ago. For the Lord is marching on, and his army is ever strong, and his glory shall be seen upon our land. Raise the anthem, sing the victor's song, praise the Lord for the battles won. No weapon formed against us shall stand. We are marching in Messiah's band. The keys of victory are in his mighty hand. Let us march on to take our promised land. For the Lord is marching on, and his army is ever strong, and his glory shall be seen upon the land. And the chorus says, for the captain of the host is Jesus. We're following in his footsteps. No foe can stand against us in the fray. Praise God. Thank you. Uh, I want to say thank you so much to, to both Maureen and Steve for sharing. It's been wonderful, hasn't it? Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs>